Good morning, everybody. Some of you know me. My name is Jeff. I'm the administrator here at MP. I get the honor of actually speaking a little bit today, so bear with me. Um, I had a pretty crazy morning. Um, I was kind of scrambling to get our panelists up here and just realizing that um, there's a little bit of, of spiritual warfare going on. So I walk out of my door. I want to get in my car to drive here to get to work, right? And I see that I have a flat tire. So I'm like, hmm, that's not good. So then luckily, Sam, who's usually, shout out to Sam, wherever he's at, um, he is usually at work by that time, and so he was downstairs, he gave me a ride here. I come here, and then Cheryl asks me, hey, you have any keys to open some doors? And I'm like, you know what, my keys are in my car. <laughs> so, so I eventually um, take up Cheryl's offer on um, getting a ride back to, the, back to my house, getting into the car, and getting keys and coming back here it opens up some doors. So it's been a trying morning, so just kind of bear with me here. Um, let's just kind of pray to open up the service um, with our uh, <coughs> big prayer here. I'm going to grab this from you. Would you just pray with me? Uh, O Lord, our God, you have chosen to make yourself known through your creation, your word, your son, and your spirit. Now reveal your glory to us and through us, the church. Speak to us, form us, lead us, dwell in us. Teach us today how to love as Jesus loves, to welcome the stranger, heal the sick, and care for the poor, to bear good news, build bridges, and bring your people home. For Christ in us is the hope of glory. May your perfect will prevail in us this day. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. So I just want to recap a little um, things for you. We're in our series called Dream. And the hope and the vision behind Dream is to get our people to dream and have visions. And it comes from this verse here. It says, In the last days I will pour out my spirit on all people. All people in the Hebrew and Greek means all. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. And so if you've been with us for the past couple of weeks, we've had panels from our 50-plus crowd. We've had a panel from our young families. And if you're not a Christian and you're here with us today, just know that these are actually the visions that God, our Creator, has given us to um, move forward in loving people and loving the world. All right? Um, I want to share a little bit about what the prime timers shared, in case you weren't here, and some of the dreams and visions that the prime time and boomer generation had was to um, have a place to belong for people, right? Is to have a place for families and to have a place for youth and the youth that brought vibrancy to the church. And um, Bonnie shared about being called Auntie Bonnie, right? And so we have that familial presence here at church. Um, we also wanted unity in Christ, and that spent it around um, fellowship meals and things. And so we're actually going to have a meal today after service, or actually part of our service, sorry. And there's also a desire to reach the brokenhearted in our communities, right? And so all those things are really, really good things, but um, we want to be practical in how we actually do that. And in the same vein, our panel last week with young families is the same thing. It's the, the focus from families, when you start having your own kids, is a focus that shifts from self to others, right? It's more community-focused. It is more others-focused. 
And we see that in the life of Jesus. Um, and he gives, out, he gives out, he pours out himself a lot for, um, for others. And we see that through his ministry. And we see that through his, um, just his, the way that he heals and, and interacts with people, right? And we, so we talked about um, reaching orphans and widows. And John shared last week that he's, um, he and Sandy are um, foster adopting, right? And we also have families in the congregation that foster and adopt as well. And there's a lot of orphans in the, um, in the world, right? So if we as a church, I heard this statistic a couple of years ago, is that if every, every family in the church were to adopt one child, we would end orphans. There would be no more orphans for anyone to adopt. Isn't that amazing? So I actually want to invite our panelists up here and know who you are. We're going to set up some chairs for them. Um, let's give them a round of applause. Yay. So why don't you go ahead and just introduce yourself and kind of how you've been participating in the family of God with us today. Hi, everyone. My name is Monique Vang, and I recently joined the um, nursery group, so I help babysit the kids in morning service. Hello, my name is Christina Novak. Um, I joined the nursery as well. Um, so that's been really fun. <laughs> um, um, I also go to Bridge uh, every Thursday night. Yeah, Bridge. Which I really enjoy. Um, I uh, also go to, I just started going to the Bible study Sunday morning. So that's really know, insightful and I'm excited to continue doing that. Yeah, awesome. Good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Pedro and... Uh, I, um, I go to uh, Roland Heights Trinity Church, and uh, I've also been coming here, and I've uh, been coming here for about five, five, six years already, and I belong to the Spanish service uh, congregation, um, and I'm really happy to serve as uh, the, one of the people from worship for uh, Spanish. Yeah. yeah. Hello, uh, my name is Keith, and uh, I've been here since I was negative one, and uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm part of the youth, uh, youth ministry, uh, Bridge as well, and uh, the worship arts team. Great. Um, the reason I had them explain a little bit about where they're at is because it's kind of hard to see young adults sometimes in the sea of families. And the young adult generation is not really um, kind of moving as a group, per se, especially at Trinity, and even in the nation. And so I just wanted to highlight some of the places where they're serving in. So if you actually want to talk to a young adult, that's where you'll find them, in the nursery and Bible studies and different campuses, serving on sound teams and stuff like that. Shout out to James over there. Um, so it's, people are here. Um, we hear some statistics sometimes that 75% of young adults brought up in Christian homes, um, they leave the church, right? Um, and... Would it be possible for any of you to talk about um, why you chose Trinity and why you decided to stay here? I just, uh, I think everybody's just so welcoming and everybody's just so kind and sweet and just that's what really uh, got me going. And when I first started, like everybody was, like I said, was welcoming. Nobody, everybody always like, they go up to you, you know, for a fact, they're really friendly. So I think that's what made me continue on the path and wanting to 
be a part of this church, uh, not only in Roland Heights, but, you know, here at Monterey Park and everything. I think Trinity is a really great church, so and awesome. proud to be a part of it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, let's see, I lost my train of thought. Um, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I think I could have easily fit into this statistic. Uh, coming down, I moved down when I was 18 to go to college. This is one month after I graduated high school. And I didn't know anyone. The people I moved in with, I met them once. And um, the Lord just really blessed me when I was on my way down. Um, and my three years that I was going to college, I didn't have a church family. So when I graduated, um, there was just a deep crave for community and family. And the Lord blessed me so quick with it, I prayed for I took a month off, and right when I came back um, down here, I got a job, and I found Trinity. And right when I stepped into the church, I felt so loved. Um, Gloria came up to me and she was just like, I've never seen you. Like, who are you? <laughs> and she pulled people right away. She was like, this is Kim. This is Sandy. This is Jeff. And she invited me like a stranger into her home. She was like, I'm having an event. You want to come over? It's like oils and this and that. <laughs> you know, Gloria. Um, <laughs> and I never left. Because I just felt so loved, like everyone was so welcoming, and yeah, I felt really loved. Well, what brought me to Trinity was actually my neighbor, Cynthia. Hi, Cynthia. Um, <laughs> she invited me to a woman's breakfast, and she wasn't pushy about it. She just said, you know, join us, and for some reason, you know, I stayed away from church events. I grew up in um, a Catholic church. Um, and I felt like religion was shoved down my throat for the longest time. And so at first I was hesitant to go to the women's breakfast when she mentioned it was a church event. But then something inside me just said, you know, why don't you just go? Um, and then I went, I met Aaron, who's at the Roland Heights campus. And I don't know, it just, the table I sat with, um, it just really, it touched my heart. Um, I would say, like, I guess I had, like, kind of a spiritual awakening when I was there with all these women. Uh, it just really, I don't know, it, Trinity, I guess, started feeling like home in that moment. Um, from there, I went to service the next day, and uh, Pastor Christine was sharing, and whatever she shared, I was just bawling like a little kid. <laughs> and ever since then, I was just kind of like, oh, my gosh, you know. I, I just felt touched by the spirit, and so I just wanted to continue going. Aaron invited me to bridge, and then I started going regularly. Um, and that's the first time that I was surrounded by people my age that went to church and had a strong faith, and it was really inspiring to continue coming. Just the, the fellowship and the people um, really made me feel comfortable, and that was the first time that I felt comfortable in a really long time or actually ever I felt comfortable in a church setting with people that were um, just, I guess, in touch with their spirituality and were very open about their faith. Um, so that's just something that I really appreciated. Um, and there was a time where I fell, fell off and I stopped coming to Trinity and that's because I, I moved out of um, 
out of the area. And then once I moved back, I started coming back regularly. And now I'm a member and I'm really happy about it. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. Thanks. Keith. All right. So what kept me at Trinity, uh, you know, since I've been here since I was a baby, the the reasons were just constantly progress and evolve. So when I was a kid, you know, my mom just physically brought me here. Uh, (laughs) So I was just uh, conditioned, I guess. And then... uh, then when I got older, um, it, I don't know, I think I was like, I don't know, like 10. It's like, Mom, how, how can we don't go to like this church over here? It's closer, you know. It's so far, it's 25 miles away from here. Um, and then I, uh, I guess around uh, when I was a teenager, uh, uh, that's when I started going to the youth group here. Um, so I just came here for uh, probably not just friends. I did feel like um, it was like I'm with my brothers and sisters here. And then that evolved into a, a more uh, missional mind when I reached college. That's when I started my uh, spiritual puberty and maturing and making disciples. So um, now it's just evolved and progressed all the way to um, my reason now being that um, going here, you know, being at church is because, uh, you know, church is the, the hope of the world. If you didn't know, um, I really love Keith's um, phrases and phraseologies. I keep a little book. Of all the things that he says, it's, it's great. It's great stuff. <laughs> Spiritual puberty, that's a new one, right? <laughs> uh, okay, well, that threw me off a little bit. In, in, your, in your own words, this is for anybody, in your own words, how, what would, how would you state the core mission of Trinity Church? <laughs> Um, I guess the core mission of Trinity would be to to love the people, but not as much as you love God, but to go out and be uh, just a reflection of him and a light in the world. That's a good one. I, mean, I don't know if you can beat that one. <laughs> Keith, here we uh, go. Yeah, I kept mine short and sweet also. Uh, it was just kind of a more expounding on our uh, pre-existing mission. Uh, so love God by loving people, and as a result, change the world. Sweet. Um, if you're just joining us, you may not know this, but you'll probably feel this really soon if you continue coming, is that Trinity is definitely a family church. Um, there's a, it's very warm. It's very welcoming. We've heard stories about that. And none of these stories um, was void of a person, right? There was a relationship that was there. And those relationships weren't necessarily, well, except for maybe Keith, is it wasn't actually your family members, like blood family members that were um, engaging with you, right? It was the, the spiritual family. And I want to kind of just point that out and, and how that's a theme from all our generations. It's intergenerational, right? It's not just limited to one generation or people group. It's actually a thread throughout our church. <laughs> the prime timers and boomers said that. The young family said that. It's very welcoming. It's very families. And now you guys are saying that, even though you guys don't have your own immediate families um, to speak of and kids. So I just wanted to highlight that for you all to make sure that we're on the same page, right? So for me, as sharing a little bit of my, my story, I consider myself an orphan with two parents. And let me tell you what that means. I didn't grow up in a home with pure um, spiritual people, really. I grew, I grew up in a Buddhist home. I guess they're kind of spiritual. But they... 
still do not know Christ. Um, and it is really difficult to go to my parents for spiritual matters because they have a value system that is very Buddhist. It's very karmic, right? You do good, good things will happen to you. You do bad, bad things will happen to you. Um, and I wrestled in that space in between where it's like, well, what if you do nothing? Does nothing happen to you? Right? So it kind of falls apart for me as, 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 a, as a person. But when I started coming to Trinity, I had people like Ahn um, and Tim um, kind of pouring into me and Albert himself. So he was the youth pastor at the time, I think. <laughs> Small world, right? But I think there are people that kind of pour into us as, as individuals and as people and as families, right? We heard um, two weeks ago is that you kind of missed out on some familial traditions in terms of meeting together and fellowshipping together over meals and over food and over different events, right? And so we, we, how do we capture some of those things moving forward? And it's actually by pouring our time and our efforts into people, right? I want to share with you this verse here. It's in 1 Timothy 5, 1-2. It says, Do not rebuke an older man harshly, but exhort him as if he were your father. Treat younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, and younger women as sisters. So even as a young adult that doesn't have a family here to speak of, under God, in unity with Christ, we are all family. We get adopted and we get grafted into the family of Christ, and it is amazing to see those things. And I'm wondering if we understand what it means to be a family in this context. Right? Again, I'm an orphan with two parents. I'm a spiritual orphan with two physical parents. And I need, and I'm pretty sure I can um, speak for you guys as well, is that we need spiritual mothers and fathers, right? Um, can you maybe expand a little bit more, Monique, about how kind of Gloria has poured into you um, over the past couple of months? Kind of putting her on the spot here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she... Um... It's been really different because being down here, I wasn't, I didn't really get to know a lot of people and their families, except the people I were living, I was living with. Um, but she opened up her house, like I would go over, have dinner, just chat with them. Um, having their kids call me auntie, I love being called auntie too. Uh, just loving on her kids, but yeah, just like she took care of me, just by having me over and talking with me. Um, like life matters, what I, things I need praying for, um, same with Johnny. They just, I don't know, they're willing to give me their time mm. and open up their house, Yeah, which is really special. For those of you that do not know the Cabreras, Johnny and Gloria, they're on sabbatical right now, and there are um, MP campus pastors, and if you know them very well, you know that they have no time to spare. So the fact that Monique is saying that they went out of their way to do these things is huge, right? Um, and the same with other people as well. So I want to get back to what we are part of the series for is dreams, right? Can this open up to anybody? Um, what are some of your dreams that you may have for yourself, and how does that extend to our church family? Well, some of my dreams are for myself. Um, I'm really big on service. I really like to throw myself into work. Um, at, while my job, I work at a treatment facility, a uh, drug and alcohol treatment facility. So I really like to 
Um, help, like my goal in life is to help people, uh, to be of service to people. Um, Jeff actually did a spiritual gifts test and hospitality and service were my top two, um, which is really fitting, very spot on, thank you. Because, <laughs> um, I don't know, ever since I was a child, I've always liked to help people. And so one of the dreams that I uh, was sharing with Jeff was that I want to help the outcasts of society, you know, drug addicts are looked down upon and looked as failures um, as human beings. And so I just have a soft spot for those that battle drug addiction and battle mental illness. Um, and so one of the things that I was thinking about is uh, the treatment center that I work at, they partner with a, um, two different churches and they bring people in and um, a lot of the time, there are um, residents at the treatment facility that um, find a sense of fellowship in the churches that we take them to. And I was thinking, how great would that be if Trinity opened up um, to a treatment facility and those members of the treatment facility came in here and could, were, would be able to call Trinity home? Yeah. Um, I don't know. So I don't know if that would happen, um, but I thought that would... It would yeah, that's a big and bold dream, but I think it could happen, right? Yeah, who knows? God, God can do it. Yeah, sweet. Anybody else? Let's see. Uh, still thinking, uh, but uh, I'll just brain vomit. Uh, so I want to see um, dreams for, um, I guess it kind of exists in the uh, college ministry uh, specifically, um, that I want to see a um, self-sustaining and self-proliferating uh, ministry um, that just um, self-sustaining in a way where, because um, I know a lot of the duties um, lay on like Jeff most of the time when it comes to bridge. Uh, so I want to see uh, when the, the youth, um, when they graduate high school and they enter college, um, that uh, we, we want to see a, a ministry um, that trains uh, disciple makers and teachers and leaders um, where they could even go into their campuses and, or their uh, areas of life where they could create their own ministries there for you know, specific needs, whether it be in the LGBT uh, society or whether, um, I mean, any area in their heart, um, I, I want to see... Um, just the, I guess, yeah, I guess I'm saying the same thing over and over again, but um, yeah, leaders that make leaders. That's good. Um, honestly, well, there's a lot of, a lot of uh, dreams that I know I have, but uh, uh, right now I'm actually, uh, I have a, a band and uh, yeah. we've been working um, here and out in Roland Heights, more more in Roland Heights too, but we want to bring an outreach, be able to reach out to the young people who, you know, have been struggling, just like she was saying about drug addiction or, uh, you know, any anything that I know uh, from personal experience I went through, and it's a big change, and you know I want to make that change. I don't want to just be sitting down just with my arms crossed, and I just want to be able to make it known that God is real, he can change people, and I want to bring that change, I want people to unite with each other, that word, unity, that's our band's name, is We The Unity, so we have to bring that unity to the church, and not just in the church, but to reach out to people who 
are not from the church. And I think that um, um, that's something that I, I myself feel like I need to do more is be more active and be more um, more uh, out in public places and let it know, you know, I was once in your situation, God changed me, he could change you. And, you know, people see, oh, well, he's young, you know, he's, yeah, he's learning. Yeah, it's still learning. It's a learning process, but I'm convinced that God has been doing great things in my life, blessing me, blessing the band, making, you know, great moves. And it's all thanks to him. And yeah, but we'll bring that change. I'm going to be real. <laughs> it's been very, I've been going through a tough season in my life. And um, ever since this uh, series started, I've been praying for the Lord to give me dreams and visions. And I'm still in the midst of it. And I hope that he will give me dreams and visions. Uh, I'm still like, praying over it. Um, other people may be too, so you guys are not alone. Hmm. Uh, but while I'm waiting for my uh, message from the Lord, um, I want to support others with their dreams. Oh, that's great. Um, that was going to be my next question. How do you think the church can support you? So Keith, Pedro, and, and Christina are already doing some things to affect change in the world in just different ways, right? It's not really attached to the church, but what, what, what can we do as a church to kind of help come alongside you or support you in those things? Well, I know Family Promise is coming up. Um, and I, another soft spot, people who uh, don't have a home. Um, I, I personally know how much of a struggle it is to be homeless. There was a period of my time where I was homeless. And um, it would have been great if I had known about a, a, like, a program like Family Promise um, and I feel like as a church, it would be a good way to step up. I know sometimes uh, I was talking, I was speaking with Veronica, how uh, sometimes there's a struggle with people signing up for Family Promise. And um, I wish I can spend the whole week dedicated to Family Promise, but I do have work and, you know, I've made a commitment to my job that I'd be there. So I can't just take a week off um, to completely dedicate to Family Promise. So as a church, it would be nice to see more people jump in and you know, suit up and show up um, because it's a really great program. Um, one of the families that went through last time, they just recently found a home. I saw you know on Facebook. Um, and I was just really it was, made me really happy that as a church we could be a part of something that helps people um, get through a really rough time in their life. Um, so I don't know, that's something that I feel like Trinity can actively do, and Family Promise is coming up. Yeah, so that's great. For me, I, I believe that we're already, you guys are already doing something. It's like, um, you know, Bible study. I know they've been having Bible study uh, in Roland Heights uh, Trinity Church. And I think that's a really, really great thing because it was because of that Bible study I went to that night that I was convinced, you know, I was convinced, you know, God is real and Whoa. he does great things and you would be surprised, you know, and and I tell my friends, hey, you know, there's Bible study on Wednesday night, you know, so it's not, for some people it works during the week, you know, some people work, 
But uh, so I invite some of my friends and they get to hear the word of God. Like, oh, well, awesome. you know, I can see your change, you know, yeah. uh, what's going on, you know? So I'm like, yeah, you know, and I, I think that doing that more and being more open to that will get people involved and, and, and people will start to notice, oh, wow, well, what's this that I hear, you know? And so, yeah, that, I'm really thankful for that. And I, and I hope that, you know, it continues, you know, this never stops that we keep opening homes, keep opening places even public places, who knows, so we can, you know, get this word out there on the word of God. Yeah, thanks. Uh, there's always someone younger who needs you. Um, and uh, so in order for, uh, I guess we need, uh, in order to help us to make leader-making leaders, um, I find the, uh, you know, the, the men's group, men's uh, discipleship group super helpful um you know that's that's one way because um you know being uh, a youth leader and a, a bridge member uh you know i i call bridge uh my bridge ministry that's like a side pouring thing youth ministry is like a down pouring thing and but there's like really very few coming like down pouring you know so um, yeah, I find uh, men's ministry is a good source of that. Um, the company of older men uh, and uh, vice versa for all the, the women and sisters out there. Um, yeah, just um, yeah, invest in us in that way. Yeah, so, so to clarify, I think it's, it's good to have mentors. And it's good to have disciples kind of pouring into our lives. And I think we can all agree on that, right? that we need people to pour into ourselves, we need people to pour into our kids, we need people to pour into um, the, the generation above us as well. And I love the way that Keith put it, there's, there's kind of a side filling, right? We're meeting with our peers, families with families, and young adults with young adults, youth with youth, and they're sharpening each other that way. And then there's people, there's certain few people that are pouring down into the next generation, or next generations, right? We have our kids ministry, we have our youth ministries, we have our young adults. And then we also have a downpouring where Keith and a few other people, um, actually everyone here is pouring into either their own kids or the next generation of kids, right? Um, let's give it a round of applause for our panelists here. So I want to take like five minutes to kind of wrap up a little bit. I'm going to move a little closer. Not too close because I'm an introvert. <clears throat> so, can I read this here? We'll get to this verse in a minute, but I think what, as an audience member, you might be hearing, oh, I need to give more time to people, right? And time is something that we are very, it's in, it's in scarce supply. It's very small supply here in America, especially. We're always busy. And I personally wear my busyness like a badge of honor. Like, oh, look how busy I am. I must be important. Um, but in, in the word, we're actually made to go at a slower pace. We're actually made to pour into people. And that's what Jesus did. Right? He walked, literally, he walked, literally, for three years with people. And God is able to do those things, right? So how many of you, when you heard those things, like, oh, mentoring, discipleship, you're like, oh, I don't have the time for that. Let's be honest. Who said that? Yeah? A lot of people, right? I was like, I got my own families. I got my own things to do. I got work. I got my career. I got mission. I'm already doing something at church. What more do you want from me? I want to 
encourage you with this verse. It says, God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. If you're not convinced, let's go to another part of Scripture. This one that Albert shared three weeks ago. Whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these. By the way, Jesus had some disciples, so we have greater disciples, right? Reading into that a little bit. Because I am going to the Father, again, relationship, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. God is able, and God is willing. Some of you might not like Winston Churchill, but I find his quotes amazing. One of them is, sometimes doing your best is not good enough. Sometimes what you must do, sometimes you must do what is required of you. Right? And sometimes we say things like, oh, as long as you do your best, that's fine. As long as you do okay, that's fine. As long as you try your hardest, that's fine. God's word says, as long as you trust in me, then I will give you more than you can possibly ever imagine. Sometimes we need to do what is required. So Gloria, to, to pull back into what Monique said, is she poured into Monique even though she didn't have the margin to do so. God created more margin for her because look, Gloria was willing to do so. So my question to you, church family, is what can we do to get to this point so that we can say that I am willing to pour into people? So we're going to have our communion time right now, and Albert's going to transition us into that. But during our communion meal, I want you to ponder this question, or actually do this verse. It says, one generation, commend your works to another. Commend meaning to tell of, or to bring about, or to um, share with, to one another, so that they tell of your mighty acts. And this is to glorify God. So if we can find, maybe we're going to sit with people that we already know, Let's not do that today. Find a young adult and ask them how God has been working in their lives and how you can be praying for them. That's the least I think we can do for our brothers and sisters. Amen? Amen. Albert? Thank you. I have enjoyed this series so much, um, being able to hear from our people because the same spirit that lived in those early disciples and Paul and Peter and Luke and Mark, same spirit lives in me and in you. So we all have access to the same God who speaks to us and promises to give us dreams and visions. What that means is that I, as the pastor, should not be the sole visionary for the church, cannot be the sole visionary for the church, cannot be the one with all of the dreams and the hopes. And I'm not. I haven't been. But what happens is I'm the one who has the platform a lot of the time. Our pastors are the ones who, who, who get to get up here and speak. And, and so you have all of these dreams, and you don't get a chance to share them. We wanted to give, give you a chance to do that, right? Because as you're speaking... And as I've been, because I haven't been able to be here every Sunday, but I've watched the 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 uh, uh, the videos of the message, and I t I've been taking notes because God is speaking to me through you, 
And what Christine and I want to do next week is kind of synthesize that and bring that together and say, what, is the, what are the common themes and the common threads that God is saying through God's people? And you know my heart is heavy for the church because um, at some point, Christine and I will be going to Northern California. And so it is so important for us to be able to reflect back to you, this is what God is saying to us together. Um, and I'm so encouraged because every week as I've watched those panels, I just feel praise just welling up in my heart. Because I just think, man, God has, has put so many awesome, committed, godly people in this church. Not just one or two, but, but dozens of them. Our, our attendance has been a little down this, this past month. It's a little weird, you know? But I feel like we're not, we haven't lost anything. I feel like the spirit is still here and that the passion is still here and the resources are still here and the dreams are still here. And so I'm not concerned about that because I'm, because, and you, your dreams and your passion and your commitment, your faith have given me so much confidence this church. So we're in a good place. But I do want to say the one th thing that ties all of this together, as Jeff said, the one thing that ties all of these, these threads together, apart from faith, apart from the Spirit of God, but the one thing that it ties them all together is time. Time. We just can't get around. all the things that we want to do. They don't necessarily cost money. They cost time. And so I would encourage you to, to, in the same way that when you look at your finances, you think, how can I use these for God's glory? I do that, right? You look at your time and you say, how can I use my time for God's glory? And I look at my schedule every week. And I look, how many nights do I have free? How could I use those? Who, who, who can I invite over for dinner that night? I have, an, I have an extra time this morning for breakfast. Who can I call that I know goes to work a little later than most people and call them and say, do you want to have breakfast this day? How, who, who can I drive out to at lunchtime and say, do you, you have about an hour lunch break, right? Can we have lunch together? What, what night am I going to make my phone calls to people? What, night can I, uh, what time can I go and visit that person in the hospital? I, I look at my calendar. I look at my time as my resource by which I can serve God. And I put people's names on my schedule because those people are the people God has called me to love. So do you do that? Do you look at your schedule and say, is that, this is a reflection of my love for God and my love for people. What does your calendar look like? Is it blank? Is it, is it filled up with, with um, things that have nothing to do with loving people? It's your resource. And so we are encouraging you to use your time. And it's, it's God will bless you. That. You, won't, you won't feel exhausted and, and you'll feel filled. You'll feel joy when your time is used to honor God and to love people. So I wanted to, use, to say that by way of framing communion because this is something that we all share in together, the Lord's Supper. And this is on our expression of family. Um, one of the ways that we know that we're family, one of the ways that I, that I know that my kids are my kids and that I have a connection to them is what I'm willing to sacrifice for them. 
Um, there's a, a, I know a family where the, where the parents were just about ready to, uh, getting pretty close to paying off their house. And you know what? The kids are now in college. And so what do they do? They, they, they took out a major loan on their home so they could help their kids go through college. And of course, now they have to reset their whole mortgage and basically start all over again, right? Why would they do that? Why would they do that? Love, because this is, these are my kids. How, it's okay if I carry a burden because it's for them, right? In the same way, think of your spiritual family that way. You know your family not because somebody shook your hand and said, hey, glad to see you. You know your family when somebody will actually love you at cost to themselves. So as we partake of this, we're remembering the cost that God paid for us to be in God's family. He gave up his son. And as you do this, I want you to think, as you partake of that bread and you partake of this juice, think, Jesus, I am willing to follow in your example. And I will pay the cost. I will love people in the body of Christ at cost to myself. It's not just a commitment to the body of Jesus, as in, Jesus is our Lord. It's also a commitment to this body, the body of Christ. Okay, so this is not an individual act. A lot of times people think when they come up and they partake of the bread and the juice, it's just for me, it's just me and God. It's not. When you partake of this, you are also participating in something with everybody else here. This is your, this is your act of commitment to the church. It's your act of commitment to that person sitting right beside you. So with that in mind, let me read from the, my, my personal devotions this morning, from this prayer. Not from the Bible. This is, a, this is somebody's prayer that they wrote. King of kings, in your anointing is a new life. Drenched with your baptizing and anointing spirit, called by my new name, I rise up with Jesus, not a marginal pew warmer, but a member of Christ, a prophet, a priest, and a king. Alive to Christ, let me live out my true identity today. Amen.